Welcome back to another episode of the Inward Bound Podcast with your beautiful host, I'm Alex. I'm Kirsten. We were off for a week because it was the holidays. It was little Connie's birthday, obviously Christmas because we celebrate Christmas. Uh, but hopefully everybody listening had a wonderful holiday season. It is almost the new year, and the new year brings with it a lot of exciting stuff, some anxieties for people, stress for people. Uh, it's an opportunity for new beginnings, and there are a lot of people out there who might be thinking about going on some sort of journey. New Year's normally brings New Year's resolutions. People want to set goals and intentions for themselves, and a lot of those goals and intentions have to do with wellness and specifically fitness and nutrition. So really to start the show off, what we want to do is talk about some common myths in both of those realms. So, well, first, before we start, Christian, how are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be talking about two topics that we're both really passionate about um, and there's a lot of myths about going on out there, and so I hope to just kind of break some of that down and give people a little bit of encouragement that what you see on the internet is not always the truth, and yeah, I'm ready to dive in. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's do the best that we can to, and if you hear anything that you don't agree with, we'd love to hear about that, and uh, if you learn anything new, we'd love to know about that. So. Or if you have any other myths that you're or things that or you've questions. heard that you're curious about. Yeah. Even just questions like, yeah, what? Well, you don't know what you don't know in the first place. So maybe who knows? But yeah. yeah. So what, where, we, where do you want to start? You want to start with nutrition or you want to start with fitness? I mean, I want to start with nutrition. Go because, for it. You know, I'll, 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 so the first myth that we want to talk about is that carbs are bad. Yep. So I get this one a lot. So as I'm a registered dietitian, so as an expert in nutrition and always learning new things and increasing my knowledge, but this is one that I've learned I've worked a lot in sports nutrition. A lot of athletes have believed, heard and tried to follow and then also just, you know, your normal people that you're talking to. It's always about carbs are bad. Let's avoid carbs. And this is a myth. Because carbohydrates are a vital energy source for your brain, your body, and other organs within your body. And they literally, like, help you live your best life. So I get really heated about this one because carbs have been demonized a lot. Um, part of that, I think, being just with, like, the increase in diabetes and just different health concerns. And I, I genuinely feel bad for people who like have heard this and are struggling with it because you know they're not doing it just to like follow a trend they're a lot of people are are afraid of carbohydrates mm -hmm. and afraid of eating them um and so yeah i guess what else well i think it's important to just recognize that uh like the reason that people think that carbohydrates are bad is because of movements like the atkins diet and like uh Keto, which is like kind of the thing now where I think that that and you can not saying I'm not saying that those diets are bad and doing those in a correct way can be right for somebody in the correct situation. But again, nutrition is highly individualized. Yeah. And that's kind of like the point of all of these just to like throw that out there is like 
the one size fits all approach, the fad diets that go around, like they're just that. They're put out there a lot of times to like make money or sell different products and market different products, that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, like nutrition and fitness, but health, well-being in general is not a one size fits all for anything. Like we're all unique individuals. We have different preferences, different um, financial situations. Some people may have different health considerations to take into consideration. Athletes, like if you're an athlete or if you are someone who works out a lot, like these are all factors that change the amount of carbs that are right for you and your body to just be fueled and live your best life. But also whether you're trying to achieve, you know, a new body composition or, you know, make some changes, there's like a right amount yes. for you, not just like avoid them. And if you, yeah, exactly. Don't avoid them. Um, don't think that they are your problem. Um, don't think that they're the reason why things are the way they are. And if you cut out carbohydrates, then you will be able to achieve what you want to achieve. But just try them out. Get, like, carbohydrates are amazing things. Yeah. I guess, um, do you want to talk about your experience with carbohydrates? Because I feel like um, I mean, I went through a period of time whenever it's not that I thought that carbohydrates were bad. I, I, and this is be a myth that we also talk about later, but I would overemphasize the importance of protein. And I went through a period of time where all I cared about was how much protein I was taking in and not worried about how many carbohydrates I was taking in, which let's if, go there. Yeah. When I, I guess, uh, another myth is that more protein is always better and you should strive for getting as much protein as possible now i i tend to see this pop up a lot more in the male population uh, just people who are like i want to pack on as much muscle as possible eating more protein and having as much protein as possible will not lead to muscle gain it will not necessarily get you faster to your goals um being cognizant and aware of how much your body needs of proteins, of carbohydrates, of fats, and not skimping on any one of those areas is the number one thing if you want to reach a fitness goal or like a body recomposition goal or just literally an overall health goal. Like all three of those are extremely important. Like that's why they are called the macronutrients. They are the building blocks for a lot of what our body does. And they each serve a purpose. Mm -hmm. And I like the way that you have always talked about carbohydrates to me. And I've heard you talk about carbohydrates to other to athletes. It's like carbohydrates is like the gasoline. Like that is what your body uses for energy. That yep. is what your body is using to fuel itself throughout the day. Protein, on the other hand, while it can be used for energy, mm -hmm. uh, it's more of a, a building block. It's more of a tool for the body to use. And I think I like... I like that point. So like one thing I do like talking about as well is if you're under consuming carbohydrates, he said something about protein being energy. Our bodies are really resilient and they're really smart. So they'll find a way to make it work. And so if you're under consuming carbohydrates, so let's say you're someone out there who is interested in building muscle or even just maintaining your muscle mass as you age or whatever the case like if you are under consuming carbohydrates, your body is going to start turning to protein 
to convert into the glucose that it needs so it can fuel the brain, the muscles, the body. Um, Which would then be taking away the protein that your body is needing for what protein does. Yep. Because again, like your body, all of these things that we're going to talk about and really like fitness, wellness, all of it, like your body's number one goal in life is to make sure that you stay alive. And it is very, there, there are going to be people that when we talk about kind of like optimizing or making sure that you're getting the nutrition or making sure that you're getting the movement, there might be people that hear that and think, well, I live my life. Like I, I go to sleep every night. I wake up every morning. Like I go to work. Yeah, I'm fine. I feel great. Nothing. Your body, again, is an amazing machine and it's going to find a way to make sure that you can go do all of those things, that you can continue to move, that your brain works, your lungs work, your heart work. It's going to make sure that no matter what it does that. Now, if you are somebody who wants to make sure that maybe you're maybe you're not interested in increasing muscle mass, but you want to make sure that you maintain your muscle mass because that is something that is important for overall health being sure that you're eating enough carbohydrates so therefore your protein is actually used to support that muscle mass Mm. um, is important. Yep. And also I will add with carbohydrates because I think it's important is there are higher quality carbohydrates um, and then like carbohydrate timing is important. So one thing with carbohydrates that people often overlook is the importance of fiber so fiber is in a lot of high carbohydrate foods and so if you cut out carbohydrates you're missing out on that fiber vitamins minerals like good stuff that you need Um, and then also as far as like uh timing so eating a bunch at one time like yes that is going to have an impact on your blood sugar levels and so that is why spacing carbohydrates out getting a good amount of carbohydrates before a workout things like this it's just learning the right time the right type um and so these are all things we well i hope to educate more people on one because i love nutrition i love the power that it can have to help us live our most fueled and best life um and it's my job and i think whenever people think carbohydrates a lot of time whenever you start saying the word carbohydrate around people they automatically go to simple carbohydrates and sugars and those things that are that do have a very heavy impact on your blood sugar and might have an impact on maybe your ability to utilize fat or store fat or any of those things yeah like that's that is one of the reasons why the atkins diet and keto has gotten because people are trying to control their blood sugar or deal with insulin resistance or those types of things but Having carbohydrates and maybe leaning more towards the complex carbohydrates. Yep. Whole grains, whole grains, fruits, vegetables. Um, and and we're not saying this also sugar. Like that's another thing that gets demonized. And like you understand why, because there are a lot of foods in our food industry that are high in added sugars. Um, but I guess the thing to say there is too, it's all about moderation, it's all about balance. Um, And there are a time and a place for those simple carbohydrates, which would be like before a workout where you so if something has complex carbohydrates or it's a high fiber food, it's going to take a lot longer for your body to break down and so use that energy. Yeah. And then to have that energy available in your muscles. But if you're, you know, about to go, you have an hour until you're going to go do a high intensity training session. Like you need simple carbohydrates because those are going to be digested, absorbed quickly so that they're in your muscles. 
they're in your brain. You're ready to go make decisions, jump high, like push yeah. things around, whatever you're doing. Yeah. And now, so carbohydrates, hopefully we understand maybe a little bit that they aren't as bad as they've been made out to be. But back to the protein conversation uh, that more protein is always better and you should just get as much protein as possible. Why is that? Like, how should we be aware of that or what happens if you do? What could be the the negative of having too much protein? Yeah. So there's a lot of research coming out about this one and like new things every day. But where it stands right now and just different studies that have been done on the humans is that there's kind of an upper limit of what your body can actually utilize at one time. And so the amount varies a lot, but essentially it's like over 50, maybe it's up higher to like 60 now, but like over that 60 grams, like you're not going to be able to utilize it then. So you might as well save those calories, save that, you know, satiety because filling or proteins are very filling. You might as well just wait and save that for a later meal or a snack so that your body still gets the right amount of protein for the whole day, but it's able to utilize it throughout the day. Yeah. And I think a lot of times protein, because if you think about what contains protein, yes, it's your whey protein shakes, your Greek yogurts, your dairy products, but it's also your animal products, your Mm -hmm. chickens, beefs, even fish, fish, all of those things. But a lot of animal products, if you are trying to, I'm going to get as much, because that's what I did. I would be like, oh, like in college, I would eat a pound of ground beef and a pound of chicken. I get all of my different meals, like not, not together. together, but a pound of one of those things because I was like, got to get as much protein as possible without understanding that animal sources of protein have a lot of fat in them as well. And so you're not just intaking protein. You're also intaking fat. Yeah. Fat is not a bad thing. We'll get to that. Yes, we'll get to that. Yeah. So do you want to talk about, yeah. you want to just keep going? Just keep going. <laughs> just keep going. All the nutrition ones. Okay, ready? All fats are unhealthy and eating fat makes you fat. Yeah. So all fats are unhealthy. We'll talk about that one first. So there are different types of fat, just like there are different types of carbohydrates. So quality does matter. Um, So there are actually healthy fats and then there are termed unhealthy fats. So like your saturated trans fats have kind of gone by the wayside because we realized how unhealthy they actually were. But then now we have our saturated fats that, like Alex said, are in a lot of animal products. So like your full fat dairy, uh, lots of like cuts of steak, red meat, um, chicken wings, that kind of thing all have fat as well. And so in same thing here. So like it's all about moderation. So if you're eating a large amount of saturated fat, it can it can negatively impact your heart health. Whereas on the flip side, there's actually foods that are really good for your heart health. So like your poly and monounsaturated fat. So like fish is one thing, for example, avocados, your healthy oils like uh, canola oil and avocado oil and olive oil. Um, you got like your seeds and your nuts and your nut butters. So I will make some graphics on all these things just because that's how my brain works is very visual. Where where do saturated fats come from? Saturated fats are from animal sources. So like your animal meats, animal proteins, that kind of thing. Eggs, egg yolk. But again, it's all about moderation because we do need some saturated fats. It's just like when you're consuming a pound at a time of... That's a lot. That's a lot. It adds up. That's a lot. But but, um, yeah, I guess so the other part is eating fat makes you fat. 
Just like carbohydrates and protein, our body needs fat because that's why it's called a macronutrient. We need it in a large amount. Um, And so really what I'm not going to say makes you fat, but what causes weight gain in general is all about calories. So fats are more calorically dense than carbohydrates or proteins. So they do add up faster. But again, it's all about getting, you know, around the right amount for you. And so I think, obviously, yes, the right amount for you. And if you're interested, talk to a professional. Yeah. Um, But generally, we like because a lot of the recommendations that are out there are in a general sense. And is there a general idea or recommendation that can get people at least in the wheelhouse of how much fat, how much protein, how much carbohydrates as like a percentage of what they should be eating? Yeah. So for carbohydrates, the general percentage of overall total daily calories is 45 to 65 percent. So that's like the majority of your calories coming from carbohydrates. Um, And then we have protein, which can be anywhere from this. I usually with protein like to go grams per kilogram body weight just because that's what a lot of the research is based around. So um I guess I'll I'll still give a percentage there. So like around 20 to 30% of your total daily calories from protein and then fats. The remainder above 20% is what you want. Um, But usually not going, depending on what diet, like if you're following a particular diet, this could change, but 20 to 30% is a safe range. But all of that means like you'd also need to know what your total daily calorie needs are. Yeah, so which it's is all also very individualized. Yeah, which is also something to talk to an expert about. Yes. I had a question about all of those things. And I think the other thing to note, just because we are talking about carbs, proteins, fats, like my recommendation for because a lot of us, like, if you're not studying nutrition and have spent like time, you know, looking at all this information, you're like, okay, what do I do with this? And so one thing I do like to do with clients a lot is follow like a plate method. And so it's it's really like easy to follow. You're just making sure, okay, I have a complex carb, I have a lean protein, I have a healthy fat, I have some color, so fruits or veg- fruits and or vegetables. Um, and so that's where I'd start. Like if you're trying to make some changes, trying to eat healthier, um, make sure you have there. all of those on your plate. Yeah, variety is great. Um, high quality, whenever you can, and just do your best. And going back just a little bit, you said that one thing that you really like to do is think about in grams per kilogram body weight. Mm -hmm. And if you are interested in your body weight in kilograms, then just take your pound body weight divided by 2.2. Yep. And then however many grams. So then you would take that, your kilogram body weight, times 0.3 grams. And that would be your general. Like, So for myself, I'm pretty sure it's like, 20 to 30 grams so every meal or snack that is my goal to get around 20 to 30 grams of protein and that would obviously increase as your body weight increases and there's there's a lot of other considerations that should go into it so if you are really wanting to know what your individual needs are like that is where i send us a dm yes like i want to empower you i want to empower anyone and everyone who wants to understand their body and really know how to take care of it And that's the same thing with like when I was working with athletes, it's like your body, it's the same thing for anyone. Your body, you only get one body. It's um, 
crazy how little we actually know about our bodies and what it needs. That's the tangent, but we have been talking about that because we've both been working in these fields and have uh, multiple, de- both have multiple degrees in these fields. And we have been doing it for so long that we forget that the knowledge that we have and the things that we do know is not common knowledge. And there are a lot of people that don't know these things. It would be amazing if when you were born, you were given like a uh, uh, an instruction booklet on what exactly your body needs and how to actually interact with the world in the best possible way possible. But unfortunately, that is not the case. Like that is a uh, tangent again, but my one gripe with the current edu- one gripe, multiple gripes with the current education system, that is something that I wish would be made much more of a serious deal um, to kids when they're going into elementary school, middle school, high school, whatever, teach them what all of these things are and how to properly treat themselves. And not in the terminology of good food, bad food. Yes. Because that's not one we have written down, but just that saying, like assigning morality to food is not helpful, not needed. Um, And the thing with like children Uh, empowering children and helping them be proactive with learning how to take care of their bodies where does that come from then it comes from the parents so if you want your kids to grow up healthy strong nourished like take care of yourself first First. because they're seeing that they're seeing that example um expose them to different foods i I won't get on we can talk about this another time but (laughs) okay let's go to you okay so, is there anyone that you feel particularly okay? Ask me whatever. I like I like the spot reduction. So that's mm. one thing I've heard a lot of people talk about. And yeah, yeah. So, and what I mean by that is like being able to reduce fat in one specific area of your body. I think the most common, well, the two places that I've heard the most, and as far as just working with people, is people. I want to lose weight in my belly and I want to lose weight like in my arms. Like I want my arms to look better. And so they're like, well, I want to do a lot of bicep curls and tricep work. And I want to do a lot of crunches because now doing those things will help you gain muscle mass and could change the way all of those areas look. But there's no such thing as spot reduction. And the fact that that your body doesn't really think about it in that sense, Mm -hmm. because if you think about when you're exercising, what you're exercising, what is actually contracting and working are the muscles. There's You're not doing anything to the fat. Fat does nothing. The only thing that fat does for you is helps keeps you warm yep. and it and it and is a little bit of a stored energy source for whenever you might run into that, if, which most of us hopefully never run into where we would need to go into those stores. Um, but whenever you're working out, you are actively exercising the musculature and not the fat because again the fat doesn't do anything um so what your body is doing is that when it starts getting into different energy systems there's multiple different energy systems and in order to there are certain types of exercise that are more likely to burn fat or utilize fat um so in order to actually burn fat you have to do these specific exercises these specific workouts or just work out, maybe change your diet a little bit. But the term of spot reduction, your body is not smart enough to do that. Mm-hmm. It, it is extremely intelligent, but it's just going to, if it wants to burn fat, it's just going to burn fat. Our 
aesthetic-based goals do not register to our bodies. No. no. They're like, oh, you want to yeah. <laughs> look good in a bathing suit? Like, Yeah. And <laughs> there is, now there is such things as like stubborn fat and fat that is a little bit harder to burn. The difference between white fat and brown mm-hmm. fat. And a lot of, unfortunately, what happens is the the weight that we are do carry around our gut or we carry around in these problematic areas tends to be that type of fat that is a little bit harder to burn. So it's going to be, if spot reduction was a thing, it would be even harder to do. So what we're trying to tell you is if you have excess fat in any of these areas that you're really hoping to get rid of, don't waste your time in trying to attack that specific area. Um, It'd probably be much more beneficial for you to just do total body workouts. So that way your entire body gets worked, your entire body, because what happens is a lot of people think about the calories burned during a workout. And I think this is also maybe one of the myths, uh, but this is something that I hear people talk about all the time, especially if you're using an app or you're using something, maybe even your Apple Watch that tells you how many calories you burned during the workout. And people are like, oh, I burned so many calories. And yes, well, well, first off, a lot of those tracking things are just not as accurate as people think that they are, Mm -hmm. first off. Second off, you have to think about what is going on in your body after you finish a workout and your metabolism is elevated higher after that. So it's maybe not necessarily about the calories that you're burning within the workout, but it's about the calories that you're burning afterwards, Try that your body is trying to get back to homeostasis or get back to an even point. So it's recovering the muscles, it's recovering the body to be able to continue to like live to the best of your ability. Um, so... I guess uh, multiple things there. One, don't focus on the a singular spot in order to burn fat. Just focus on making uh, small incremental changes to your diet, to your fitness plan, to to just movement in general. Maybe some things that reduce your stress as well. Mm-hmm. Focus on those things. Sleep. And then don't Sleep. hyper fixate on calorie burn. Don't hyper fixate on, oh, like, for instance, I know, and hey, maybe you'll listen to this dad. But my dad, he works out with me and he sometimes talks about, oh, it's a good calorie burn today. Um, And sometimes that might come with, oh, I did that same workout last week. I didn't burn as many calories. That must mean I wasn't working as hard. Mm -hmm. And that also isn't the case. Uh, It's 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 a lot more nuanced than that. So don't it. And if you do find yourself obsessing with calorie burn. Maybe maybe ditch the Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. Maybe ditch those yep. metrics because if those metrics are helpful for you and they are more harmful and you are obsessed with how many calories okay. you're burning or not burning, then maybe just leave that behind and just focus on connecting with yourself. Yep. I will say personally, I did that. I stopped wearing my Apple Watch because it was like controlling my mind. Like it made me feel a certain type of way if I, you know, whatever metrics yeah. I was looking at at the time. But yeah, there's that's not helpful. And I guess if you are like, mm, but I love my Apple Watch because I have an Apple Watch on. I love my Apple Watch. Here are some metrics that you could look at instead of focusing on calories. Focus on what your heart rate is doing. Look at what your heart rate is doing from workout to workout. Look at what your heart rate is doing once you complete an exercise. Once you complete a workout, watch how your recovery looks like. So how many beats per minute you are decreasing in that amount of time and watch that change over time. Um but use that as kind of like a metric is maybe like as far as your effort or what exactly you're going for. Because a lot of times heart rate is indicative of what 
heart rate zone that you're in and also what energy system that you're in. And again, we will do more education on all of these things, but don't hyper fixate on the calories and spot reduction don't exist. Yep. Okay. Ooh, I like this one. You have to sweat. So you have to sweat for a workout to be effective. Yeah. And this one is extremely nuanced as well. Um, but really, at the end of the day, you do not have to sweat. You might sweat with... There are people... Hello, I am one of those people that it doesn't matter what you do, you're going to sweat. Everybody, every human being, while we all sweat, we all have different sweat rates. And we all sweat at a different level. So that's what a sweat rate means is how much you are sweating. Um, I can think back to working with athletes and doing conditioning drills or doing running sets. And there would be athletes who two seconds into the workout, their shirt is no longer light gray. It is black. And there would be another person who barely sweating on their forehead. So thinking about exercise and the fact that you have to sweat in order for a workout to be effective just doesn't make any sense. But if you work with an expert in nutrition that might be able to help you figure out your sweat rate or do, there are some products out there that can tell you what your sweat rate is. Um, but so don't worry about if you are doing a workout or doing exercise and you are not sweating, doesn't mean that you're not working hard or it's not effective for you. What about no pain, no gain? Yeah, the no pain, no gain train is... Uh, Extremely frustrating. No, it's not frustrating. Um, but there's a lot of people who think that if they are not getting sore, then they're not actually working out. Then they're not actually doing anything. Getting anything they're not from actually getting anything from it. Yeah. Now, what I will tell you is that regardless of what you do, if you are doing nothing and you decide to go and do something, you are going to be sore from that. It, it, whenever you start anything brand new, any sort of new movement, any sort of new cardio, any sort of even if you decide to go do yoga any or even just gentle stretching, there's a good chance that you wake up the next day and the day after that and be sore. It's called delayed onset muscle soreness. And it's DOMS is what DOMS. people call it. It, it can it, it comes in ways, but that's your it's your body recovering. And just because you maybe you do a workout one week and you're super sore that week and then the next week you do that same workout and you're not sore, that doesn't mean the effectiveness of the workout has has lessened at all so you're saying you shouldn't base like how you feel about work that you did on how sore you are exactly is Just, there is there sometimes too too much soreness oh there's too much soreness there's uh there's a thing called rhabdo rhabdomyolysis which is basically your muscles exploding like in the it they 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 tear apart and everything that was in those muscles goes into your bloodstream and it can be an extremely negative experience for you so Chasing soreness can lead to something that might lead you, take you into the hospital. Um, but the way that I like to think about soreness is soreness, one, it can be a good thing. Like one, soreness is your body reacting to a stimulus. It's your body reacting to you doing something. So it is, that is your body telling you like, whoa, something's going on here. I'm trying to repair what's going on here. A little bit of inflammation, the inflammation response. Um, but what you should strive to do is make sure that whatever work that you're doing does not impede with you the next day. Uh, so if you are wanting to, if you are wanting to take on and do something every day, and that might be a walk the next day, mm -hmm. if what you're doing the day before is keeping you from doing those things, even 
sitting down on a toilet or sitting down in a chair, that is a detriment. The, the work that you're doing should not take away from the life that you're living. An hour of exercise, two hours of exercise shouldn't be a detriment for the other, you know, 23, 22 hours of your day. Yep. Um, okay. I think, so we've covered, I think, three of each. We have more myths to cover, but I think we should move on just um, to what some other things we wanted to talk about. We will attack myths another time yeah. as well. And maybe if anyone wants to send in some questions, we could answer those as yeah. well on an episode. Um, so the next thing we want to talk about is just like as we approach the new year and how we want to look at that. Because I think we've all maybe experienced it ourselves or heard people talk about like strict New Year's resolutions. And I guess what do we yeah. what do we think about that? Like what's well, I think the first thing that I would really like to address and something that we have we recently just found, and I think it resonates with both of us, is instead of like the mantra of new year, new you is, I don't think that's an extremely healthy mantra or a healthy mindset to have. Um, what we are thinking about for this new year is new year, true you. Mm-hmm. And, and what can you do? What intentions can you set to do things that will allow you to get closer to your true self that mm-hmm. will allow you to operate to the best of your ability and live your life to the best of your ability to enjoy that life to you know live in a fully fueled and fully just able to operate and be present sort of state because the new year new you implies that there is something that needs to be replaced that there's that there's something that needs to be fixed that there's something that needs to be changed when we challenge you to instead of thinking about it and like oh i need to make a change think about growth think about it as an opportunity as this new year as this next 365 days as an opportunity to not change yourself but to grow evolve to evolve to change to be different yes so um what are some tips for setting realistic intentions or goals if if you are you know maybe you do recognize that there is a way that you can level up in this next year yeah what do we recommend well, as far as goal setting goes, one, the way that I like to think about goal setting, and you, people may have seen this acronym before, but setting SMART goals for yourself. Okay. What's that stand for? So SMART goals, the S stands for specific, the M stands for measurable, the A stands for attainable. Achievable. Achievable, attainable, same, same thing. thing. R stands for... Realistic. Realistic, <laughs> Yes. And uh, T stands for time bound. Um, And so what that means is, so S, specific. Make sure that you are extremely specific with those goals. So you you don't set a just like, oh, I want to feel better. That's not a specific goal. That doesn't allow you to move towards anything. Um, M stands for measurable. Make sure that it is a measurable goal. So you don't want to just say like, well, I want to walk more. Okay, you're specific in the fact that you want to walk, but more doesn't imply anything that you can measure and know if you're reaching those goals. So instead, maybe I want to walk 10 minutes every day. I want to walk 7,000 steps every day. That is something that is measurable, attainable or achievable, interchangeable. Um, setting, no, I'm going to lose 50 pounds this year. Yeah. Um, well, that could be. It could it be. It could be achievable. It could be achievable. But it's this is a... The A is a very important time for self-reflection and for maybe just like understanding what you are capable of. Yeah. Um, I think 
So for instance, let's just keep the walking goal. Um, Setting a goal of like, I want to walk 80,000 steps every single day. Probably not achievable. That is going to be, you're just going to be walking all the time. You're probably never going to be sleeping to, to achieve that goal. So that is not something that is attainable. And that is something that you won't do. And now continue on. We'll go, we'll, we'll go with the R. Relevant. relevant to yourself. Make sure that you're setting goals that are relevant to your current situation, your current fitness level, your current ability to do so. Again, the, there you could say at the beginning of the year, you know what, this year I want to run a marathon in six, six minutes. Not possible. First off, sorry, I want to say we'll run a mile in six minutes. I'll be a little bit more believable there. Uh, and you have never run before in your life, and maybe you have one leg. Not possible for you. Not realistic, not pertinent to, to what you can possibly achieve. So just make sure that you're being realistic with the goals that you're setting. Um, and then time bound. Make sure that you put some time to it as far as the time it's going to take you to reach those goals. So I guess for New Year's resolutions, you could give yourself an entire 12-month period or you like if it's the, this walking goal i want to set uh i want to walk every day for 5 minutes for the next 6 months that is a time bound yep. goal and it gives you an opportunity to do so and then whenever we're talking about just using that smart system or that smart acronym to be able to plan your goals out um also instead of making a year long goal for yourself yes have a year long goal, but make sure that you have miniature goals that along the line that give you a little bit of that kind of keep the carrot in front of the horse. You you have to have an opportunity to celebrate. You have to have an opportunity to feel as though you are accomplishing something or else it becomes a lot more daunting. If Because if you all you set is like, by the end of the year, I want to be doing X or by the end of the year, I want to do this. Like, for instance, our close friend Mallory, she set a goal last year to read 50 books by the end of the year. Now, if maybe if you want to read 50 books, beautiful, but set, break that down and say, okay, every two months I want to read X amount of books. So that way you can celebrate that and you can kind of make sure that you're staying on track. And you're not spending the last like couple of days of the year, like just furiously reading. Okay. So with all that being said, um, I think we just want to encourage people to you know, reflect on this past year, just like we're going to be doing. Um, it's a really, today. it's a really important time. Any time is really important, but the the New Year's is a really changing of the guard. Obviously, every single day is a brand new day, but changing over to a brand new year is just a little bit bigger. It's always had a little bit more significance. So do yourself a favor and just take a little bit of time to reflect on what your last year was. Think yeah. about, how you started that year and look at yourself now and see how much you have grown because it is the one thing that we have found to know about growth and about just trying to become your best self. It is very hard to notice that in yourself. Mm-hmm. And I liken it to, and if you have a child that resonates with you, I don't recognize every day how much Connor is changing. Our daughter is changing. Until at some point I can take a step back and be like, oh my gosh, she is getting so big. Or, oh my gosh, she is doing this. Maybe you don't have a kid that doesn't resonate with you. If you plant a tree in the front of your house and you walk by it every day, every day you're not like, man, that tree has grown so much. So having, having an ability to at some point just stop 
after a period of time and recognize how far you have come and how much you've changed can be a very healthy thing. Because maybe you're sitting here and you're like, it's almost the new year. I set these New Year's resolutions for 2023. I didn't accomplish a single thing. I'm, I'm a failure. Take a, set, take a step back and take a second to maybe think about everything that you have done this year. It may not have been those goals, but it, you, you accomplished something this year and you are different than you were when you walked into the year. Mm-hmm. And then going forward, what is it that you can do and focus on what intention can you set to level yourself up? And um, with that, I also just want to encourage, like, kind of like what we talked about before is, you know, if you're following something that's like a one size fits all approach, it's probably not going to get you where you want to go. So, you know, if you are struggling and you want some help, definitely reach out because that is our passion is helping people take care of themselves, feel better about themselves, and pretty much just like fuel yourself so that you can live your best life. Um, Find ways to move your body that you enjoy, that you actually like want to do, that you look forward to. Um, But I like that the the level up for a new year. And I think a lot of people do get upset with maybe that they haven't changed or that they aren't any different. Um, But if you look at year to year leveling up like every year you're gaining new experience every year you're you're moving forward in some way so mm-hmm. how are you going to level up this next year how are you going to get more experience how are you going to add more things to your life that only enrich it and make it a little bit better to help you get to where you want and it's find more peace and it's easier to find peace and it's easier to accomplish any goal that you set for yourself if you're taking care of yourself yes And one more thing before we conclude, Um, we just want to encourage because I think a lot of goals, especially around fitness and nutrition, have a lot to do with appearance um, and wanting to change your body, wanting to look a certain way. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. And that's totally like totally get that been there myself. But we just want to just encourage that switch from only focusing on doing something for aesthetics and doing something instead because it's going to make you feel good and it's going to help your body be nourished and get the movement that it needs and so that you can have mental health emotional health um, and all the pieces of well-being that are more than just how someone looks yeah and i think If you are very dead set on setting an appearance-based goal, what I encourage you to do is ask yourself why. Mm. Are you doing it for yourself? Are you doing it for other people? Because at the end of the day, you, your body, your health is your business. And it is something that you should take personally. And all goals, all change, all anything should be driven by you Mm. and loving yourself and accepting yourself. Now, you might look in the mirror and you might not be happy with how you look. You might not be happy with the weight that you are when you step on the scale. And you know what? That is okay. But I hope that for you, if you're listening to this and you feel that way, that you learn to love and accept yourself. And maybe you will not love the way that you look and that's okay. Then 
decide to make a change for yourself so that way you can more easily love and accept yourself. And what's going to get you there? Taking care of yourself. Taking Taking care care of of yourself. yourself. If you just focus on that and the process of that, the outcomes, they fall into place. Mm -hmm. It's easier. Again, it is easier to get to where you want to get to whenever you are well taken care of. And before we go, I will leave you with a quick analogy. If you wanted to travel from point A to point B in your vehicle, and that path was a very long path. It was a very, very long trip. Before you went on that trip, you would make sure that your tires were good. You would make sure that your engine was good. You'd make sure that you had enough gas. You would make sure that that car is taken care of to be able to get you to where you want to get to. And I challenge you to think about your body in the same exact way. I challenge you to take that step to look at your body as something that deserves to be taken care of because you only get one body. If you have a car, you can change that car anytime that you want to. But your body, you only have one of those bodies. You deserve to be taken care of. Your body deserves to be taken care of. You are enough. You are worthy. And you are able. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Well, by the time you listen to this, it will be the new year. So happy new year. Happy new year. Hope you had an amazing holiday season. Let's get ready for an amazing 2024. Be on the lookout for some information as to far as what we will be offering. But again, we hope that you reach out. If you have any questions, if you need any help, we're here. We want to be your biggest cheerleader. Join our team. All right. See you next time.